Welcome to episode 11, week 11 of the NFL. It's Beers and Bits. I said it last week, and I will say it again. The not-assumed favorites are going to roll just because they are favored by more than seven points. Because when you assume, Georgie, you make an ass out of you and KP. Over the last two weeks, we see it time and again. The new betters, the public, gets behind teams like Kansas City without Rodgers against Green Bay. And what happens? They don't get the cover. The Rams think they're going to roll Tennessee, missing King Henry. Outright loss. And again this week, we see San Francisco. Nobody thinks they can get the job done against the Rams, and they just rock and chair win it. Baltimore on Thursday night football. Clunker. Miami wins. You got to read that market. You got to watch the bet counts, and you got to find those bettable dogs. If it looks too easy, it probably is. This is the NFL. There's only 32 teams. Everyone is good. As we've said often, no one is as bad as their worst week or as good as their best. I'm Keith Noel, and with me is G-Dub. Bread? Georgie Boy? What's cooking, Bread? Doing great. As to emphasize what Kaylord says, avoid the flavor of the month. Or in this case, the flavor of the week. Good point. And they're out there week in and week out. We talked about it. Everybody takes their week to be the hot component. And then they, a couple losses here, a couple bad showings here, and it's on to the next team. you got to find that team that just is grinding week in and week out. All right, George, what do you got on tap? I was expecting to go to the store and shop in the foreign beer section to buy me some Heineken in homage to Tyler Heineke, who I kind of ridiculed last week. However, comma, there's our first one of the day. <laughs> I did some My research open. and I discovered that Heineke's camp reached out to Heineken Beverages about a sponsorship and they were rebuffed. And then instead, the best American beer mega brewery out there, Anheuser-Busch, swooped in and signed Heineke. So, in homage to Tyler Heineke, I'm cracking open a Bud Light and his Anheuser-Busch sponsorship after he outstripped the GOAT, Tom Brady, last week. Here we go. Cracked it open. Homage, Tyler. Very good. Well done, George. Today, I am extremely happy to be holding on to a Laurentide beer and a can in my hand because that canning party I talked about was held November 16th. And now, Laurentide, a fantastic bed and breakfast down the street from us in Charming Penyon, has made cans available for a limited time only. Get them while they're hot! The owners took the B&B, turned into a great place, and on top of that, the old carriage barn in the back, they turned into a pretty cool brewery. They've got food trucks there, they've got music there, and they've got some great beer. I'm ready to crack a wonderful New England IPA, 6.5 on the alcohol content. Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! <laughs> it's their fourth iteration of their New England-style IPA, double-hopped with Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, and Strata Hops. Juicy and pleasant to the palate. They're doing it right on Main Street, or Main Lane, depending on how you walk in there. Lawrence High Brewery. How do we do this week, George? Wait a minute! And I think I owe a couple drinks. I think homage might become another one of your words. All right, talk about how you did. Love me some homage. Uh, one on one straight bets, two and zero on the tees. So for me, that's a pretty good week. Nice job. You took my streak away from me. I couldn't get the teaser in. Went one on one on it, but I'll take my run of eight weeks in a row. One and one with the picks. Um, New Orleans eked out a nice cover. Seattle did me no good versus Green Bay. Overall, six and seven for the week. Not bad. I had a brutal start. Uh, two and five in the one o'clock games and bounced back nicely. 
So let's get it started, George. The first game on tap. We're going to stay here in the wonderful state of western New York. Indianapolis at Buffalo. Buffalo laying seven points. <clears throat> Big game. Obviously, you must take it with a grain of salt, considering uh, Buffalo's last opponent uh, almost qualifies as an NFL you know, caliber team. Having said that, however, comma, there you go. I just drank. Thank you. Uh, I do believe the Bills D is back, going to get things together. They will be bound and determined to not <clears throat> let the Colts run up and down the field and will put the game in the hands of Carson Wentz. Does Carson have enough to win it? I say no. Bills Mafia jumping on tables before and after the game. I'm going to lay the seven Buffalo Bills. All right. And as we do every week, I'm starting on the other side of the counter from you, George. <laughs> Indianapolis, 5-2 and two in their last seven ATS. You know the road dogs have been barking all year long. I find the seven points a little bit too much. I like the fact that I'm getting a full touchdown. The Bills only three and seven ATS their last ten. They last week got five turnovers in that Jets game. I'm not really sure we know who the Bills are yet. They've been beating up on the weak teams, getting by against the better teams. I just have a feeling that maybe, maybe Indianapolis is going to stick around long enough to cover this spread. I don't know if they're going to win, but I like the cover. I even like the backdoor cover. I also will tell you that the overtrends are screaming for these two teams. But check the weather because it's Western New York and anything can happen. All right, let's look at Washington against Carolina. Carolina opened up a two. It's gone to three and a half, which is a pretty substantial move. And that hook is dangling out there. And it appears that uh, the Sharps do not want to take that hook on Washington. Now, George gave props to Heineke for beating uh, Brady last week. He is 2-7 and seven against the spread as a starter. Guess what? Both of those wins came against Brady. Everybody else, he's just 1-7. and seven. Um, Cam Newton's back. I'm not sure what he's going to be able to do for this team. But I do like the fact that, um, that uh, McCarrick, what's the hell is his name? Christian. Christian McCaffrey. Thank you. Um, he One of the best players in the league. Keeps eh, you know, what am I supposed to do? Anyway, um, the hook's not working for him, and this definitely seems like a sharp against the public play. The public is actually getting behind Washington. This is at recency bias. They love the big win against Tampa Bay. They're going to follow it up this weekend against Carolina. The money is 54 on Carolina with only 42% of the bets. So go ahead and give me the three and a half. The extra hook is a little scary, but I'm going to lay it with Carolina. George? The hook concerns me only slightly. To me, the intrigue comes in. We got Riverboat Ron and Washington football team. Cam back in the, you know, the, I'll call it alternate silver and black of the Carolina Panthers. Mano a mano. Headman against the head of that I see. Leave me alone. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I will say this. As I gave props to my man Heineke. I don't think he has the chops to do it back-to-back. -back. I'm going to lay the three-and-a-half and back the Panthers. Kay, Kay Large and I will agree on rare occasion, and this is one of those. Well, that was quick to agree with me. All right, on to Baltimore at Chicago. The line opened at... Holy, leave me alone! The line opened at six, and it went Phones down... Phones are ringing off the hook! Uh, and we can't take any callers, or we would. Anyway, the line opened at six. It's now down to four-and-a-half on the news that Jackson and the center for Baltimore both went home sick. They say it's not COVID-related, but it definitely has shaken the markets. George, what do you got in this game? You know, I like my home dogs, right? 
I don't think Baltimore has really got things together. Obviously, there's a bit of recency bias with that. Truly, you know, I have talked smack about Chicago in the past. I do believe with each passing week, Justin Fields is figuring it out a little bit more. His coach is starting to figure out his strengths and play into them. I'll take the home dog and the points. All right, George. So let's go ahead and mix it up a little bit more. Baltimore um, is probably not going to have Jackson. If they do, I love the four and a half. If they don't, we've seen that of the last three weeks, these backup quarterbacks come in, the market adjusts, and what happens? The team that has the backup quarterback go ahead, goes ahead and gets the cover, gets the win. Conference favorites this year are 15-6 and six between the AFC and the NFC. Uh, coming off the bye, Chicago was a miserable 0-7 the last seven years. And bye teams this year have been 5-11. and I'm going to go ahead and take Baltimore, and I'll lay those 4.5 points. I feel like it's almost a gift, especially if Jackson ends up coming back. All right, we go to Detroit at Cleveland. Another 1 p.m. start. Cleveland, another interesting game because it appears that possibly both quarterbacks are going to be out. Goff and Mayfield. However, the difference between Cleveland's backup is a lot different between the backup for Detroit. A no-name against a guy who's played in the league, Casey Keenum, quite a few years. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take that home uh, favorite. It's 11.5, but I'm not scared off. The line right now is 56% of the bets are on, or the money is on Cleveland. Only 42% of the bets are on Cleveland. I like where I, I stand in this one. Give me the 11.5, uh, and, and I'll go ahead and lay it. Uh, one more thing that I'd like to point out is that um, the Lions, while they are 5-4 and four covering the spread, and they've done a great job, they've been flip-flopping back and forth all year long, just came off a heartbreaking tie. I call it a heartbreaking tie because they really should have won the game. Um, and I think this week might be that what we saw when they played Philadelphia uh, a couple weeks back where they just didn't have it after putting so much into trying to get that win. George? I love how Detroit competes. Props to them for their first non-loss of the season. With KP said, they were in position to get, you know, the Holy Grail and the W and didn't get it. I really just think they're outclassed in terms of talent. Uh, I'm going to lay the points with Cleveland, who's getting ready for their playoff push, takes care, you know, takes care of things at home at the lake. All right. And now a word from our number one sponsor, Finger Lakes Realty. Finger Lakes Realty. Finger Lakes Realty is so efficient, they have no inventory for me to advertise and talk about this week. So what does this mean to you? Our avid fans, if you've got real estate, you got a home to sell, guess where you should go? Finger Lakes Realty, they'll turn it around, get it on the market, get it up for sale, and get it sold! Finger Lakes Realty, Bobby Kerbo, 315. 270 2008. That's 315-270-2008. Or Jenna Kerbo, 315-759-9002. 24-7 coverage, free market analysis. Call them whenever. They're ready. There we go. No stat of the week for Finger Lakes Realty, so let's get back to the action. San Francisco at Jacksonville, George. The line opened at 5.5. It's crept up to 6.5 now. Who do you got? San Francisco. Huge win on a Monday night. Now they got to do the dreaded west to east. Monday night, huge uplifting win. Short week, west to east. 
Six and a half. Is that enough? I say Frisco ekes out a tight win. Jacksonville ekes out a nice cover. That's my story. I'm going to take the six and a half with Jacksonville at home to cover. Look at you, Georgie. And if they do that, that would be three straight covers for Jacksonville. Good for them. Um, we know that uh, Debo, Samuel Debo, uh, is not going to be playing. So that's a big loss because that man is a stud. He leads the league in yak. There you that's go. That's yards after catch, not physically ill. And I believe it's historic what he's doing with that. There you go, Debo Samuel. But without him, you're taking away a big part of this. The other thing that comes up is that San Francisco was a dog. They won outright. When a team goes from being a dog winning outright to the next week being favored, in the last two years, those teams have not covered at 70%, which is quite a clip. Last week, we saw those teams go 0-3. Every time we believe in San Francisco, they turn around and fall flat on their face. And it seems like this is another golden opportunity for that to happen. I will let you know one stat. If you don't like where George and I are laying with Jacksonville, they are an, an atrocious 1-14 ATS against the NFC West. So if you love your trends, you're going to like that. That's but I'm, a pretty trendy trend. That is a trendy trend. But I am going to go ahead and stick with Jacksonville. And uh, hope that they can ugly it up like you just described. All right, Green Bay at Minnesota. This one is, to me, quite an interesting game. We have Minnesota winning on the road last week. And then we have Green Bay putting on quite a clinic, I thought, against Seattle in a nice 17 nothing shutout. Their defense seems to be coming along nicely. They look like they're doing everything right. Green Bay is one of the best cover teams, I believe, eight straight covers in a row. And here we have Minnesota, who's 2-8, and eight, their last 10 at home, 0-4 oh, at home this year. And we see the line go from 2.5, Minnesota getting, now down to 1.5. Now, I don't know who's moving that number, and I don't know why, but that seems like a gift to take Green Bay. And this tells me that something is a little bit fishy. And I think it's my stinky cheese bet of the week. <laughs> so go ahead and give me Minnesota. <laughs> Plus the one and a half. You don't have to like it, but when, we, but when we get back next week, Georgia, you're going to be like, God damn it, how'd that happen? 26% of the action, 22% of the bets on Minnesota. This reeks like the San Francisco game did on Monday Night Football. Give me Minnesota. What do you got, George? Keith going with one of my favorites, that being the home dog. So, of course, you know, I got to go the other way and say this. Pack D. Dalvin Cook, mano a mano, huge matchup. Here's to me what it comes down to. We talked incessantly about my man A.A. Ron and the sine wave that has become him after the whole debacle with the immunization and that story. I believe now he has gone in full psycho FU mode. <laughs> Double FU mode. Double FU. Two birds up in the air. <laughs> I, I say. He carries the day. Uh, track meet on turf. Uh, Packers put up big points. Cover the one and a half. I'm going to lay the points. Very good. Uh, no Aaron Jones this weekend. A lot of injuries out there as we get later on in the season. All right. Miami against the Jets. 1 p.m. game. Line open at two and a half. Went up to three. Went to three and a half. Nobody's biting on the hook. What do you got, George? Tua. Is he back? Not so sure. I do know this. Starting a quarterback for J-E-T-S Jets. 
Joe Flacco. 36 years young. So we're breaking out the DeLorean. Doc Brown going back in time. It's back to the future in the Meadowlands with Joe Flacco. Jets, too many problems, too inconsistent, too difficult for me to back. Keith talks about his stinky cheese. This to me would be like stinky socks. Just can't do it. I got to lay the points and back the fish. All right. A couple things that will support that theory. The Jets are 0-10 against the low-scoring teams. That means if you average 18 points or less, which Miami certainly does, they're 0-10. So this game screams of a Miami 17-13 win. If you want to bet that straight, go ahead and do that for me. They are 6-0 against the Jets, the Mets, the Mets, the <laughs> Miami, in the last six straight games. Flacco, by the way, how many quarterbacks do you think the Jets have started in the last three years? Six. Pretty good. Seven. And Flacco at two and two, ATS, is the winningest quarterback <laughs> that they have. He's actually gone 13 touchdowns for eight interceptions in those games. However, comma, go ahead and drink because we've held off on that quite a bit. He's got the highest sack rate. Um, amongst quarterbacks who have played that number of games, 7.6%. So basically, every every one out of every time, 10 times he goes back to, to uh, or one out of 12 times he goes back in the pocket, he gets sacked, which is way too much. So you know Miami, who is actually the second highest blitz team in the league, is going to be fired up to go after old man Flacco. Uh, two and seven ATS this year for the Jets, 22 turnovers, only 19 touchdowns. And the fact that nobody wants a piece of that hook at three and a half tells me that. I'm going to go ahead and take Miami as well and lay those three and a half points. In other news, Mike White will not be the new mayor of New York City. And apparently there's no controversy between who will start when Zach Wilson is healthy again. All right, New Orleans and Philadelphia, 1 p.m. game. Started out as a pick, and now it's climbed up to Philadelphia, minus two. Man, the Sharps love Philadelphia. Even though they're 0 for at home this year, they are following that dog-to-favorite trend, which has done very well if you go against them. And let's face it, last week Tennessee was a three-point favorite against New Orleans. Philadelphia is a two-point favorite. Are you telling me that Philadelphia and Tennessee are that close of teams together? I don't think so. New Orleans, surprisingly, 21-4 ATS as a dog on Sundays. 13-2 their last 15 games. 4-0 as a dog this year. Stinky 1-4 and four is a favorite. This is a small dog. Those teams are doing outstanding this year. Go ahead and sign me up for New Orleans. What do you got? Here's some cutting-edge analysis from the Breadman. I'm not exactly sure why. Keith likes his short-road dog, so that's actually you know tangible evidence. I'm saying New Orleans just because, and quite frankly, yes, Another one of Wonder's favorites. <laughs> I can't figure out either one of these teams. So if I got one team I can't figure out, and then another team I can't figure out, I really don't know what I'm doing. I say the Saints just because. I, there you go. I would agree with you 100%. You know, there's a half dozen teams. I'm going to put New Orleans, Philadelphia. I'm going to throw, who else in there? Seattle, San Francisco. You just can't seem to figure them out this year. And maybe that's parody. Or maybe that's just these teams are wildly inconsistent. I don't know what it is. All right, let's look at one more game before we go to our next break. We've got Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee laying 10.5 points. George, what do you got? Obviously, Keith has talked that nausea. Hopefully, nobody's literally physically ill. Keith has talked a <laughs> lot about the double-digit favorites and their cover. I think that one sticks with this. You know, to paraphrase, Houston... 
They have a problem, Houston's problem. They just are not good enough. To me, there's a team with way less talent and a team with way more talent. I'm going to give the 10, stick with the trend. All right, George. Real quick, what three teams have eight and two records? Quick. Tennessee. One. Two. You got to have three teams. Arizona. Two. One more. Green back. Very good. Which of those three teams, by the metrics, is the 18th ranked team in the NFL? Probably Tennessee. Tennessee. Very good. Tennessee somehow is getting wins, getting the job done, despite the fact that all you nerds out there that love the analytics and the metrics are saying they are not that good of a team. I agree. They play to their opponent's level. And giving 10.5 points. Levels, Jerry. Levels. And that extra half, I'm going to go ahead and take Houston and say they are going to get the cover. I'm not saying they're going to win this one outright, but they're going to get the cover. 42% of the money, only 29% of the bets are on Houston. I like my odds there. And now it's time for our good friend in Las Vegas. Who is it, George? John Tana! John Tana. Hey, I hope you were paying attention last week because the Vegas Express was rolling and on fire. 3-0-1 when he took Okie State, Oregon State, and South Florida. Washington State, who kind of threw up on themselves in the first five minutes of that game, immediately went down the field and found a way, instead of scoring a touchdown, to throw the ball through the end zone for a touchback. They still got the push at plus 14. 3-0-1 for John Tana, putting him... Oh my god, I didn't even put his record down. He was like 10 and 5. We're going to call him 13, 5 and 1. But that was a nice fix for him after having a couple 2 and 2 weeks. This week, our prognosticator from the city of Sin Lakes, Nevada, minus 1.5 over, over the Air Force. Great home team are the Wolfpack, and he says Brothels 1, Cadets 0. <laughs> I know which one gets more action. Boston College, minus 1.5 over Florida State. This is an awful spot. For the Seminoles. They just played Miami. Now they go up to cold Boston College. Just up Mass- not Hill. Massachusetts. And then guess who they have next week? Florida. You know what we call this, George? Sandwich game. Very good, George. You're picking things up. That's a sandwich spot. So you got to love that Boston College game. Minnesota, minus 7.5 against Indiana. This team is a train wreck. The Gophers are going to run all over the Hoosiers team, who really hasn't played well since October. And I can't be happier about it. They are 2-7. and seven. I bet them under 8 wins at the beginning of the year. Finally, Gophers are golden. <laughs> Finally, he loves Oklahoma State. Minus 10 versus Texas Tech, who became bowl eligible last week, so they don't have as much to play for. And by the way, the Cowboys, their last four games winning... 27, 45, 20, and 40. I could be paraphrasing that, but you get the picture. They've been blowing people out. They're 9-1. and one. They still have a slight hope that they might be able to find their way into the college playoff picture, so they are going to keep playing as they have been playing. John Tanner, as always, says, good luck. Good luck. And okay, now- State, Mike Gundy, he's a man. He's 40. Now he's 50, but whatever. And now back to the games. Cincinnati at Las Vegas. Strangely enough, you know, we only have three 4 o'clock games this weekend. Nine early games. That's going to be a huge 1 o'clock slate. Anyway, Cincinnati at Las Vegas. Game open to pick. Sharps have pushed it to Vegas plus one after that horrendous performance against the Kansas City Chiefs. George, what do you got? As much as I love talking about the Raiders and how nothing phases them, it is possible that... They are not impervious to all 
the disruptions that have been going on <laughs> and it might be catching up to him. I talked last week about the Patriot Cleveland game being one of those playoff deciders. This is another playoff decider. I'm going to back a road favorite Cincinnati Joe Burrow going to the city of sin and getting it done. I think this is a big game for Cincinnati because I think they're starting to have their doubts. They started the year off. Everything was going right. Now they've had some hiccups. Now they're coming off the bye, which we know teams coming off the bye have not been good. However, road oh, comma drink. However, road favorites <laughs> hit that bullet. off the bye. The last two years are 29-14 if they're the favorite. So this is a good number for Cincinnati. And you've got to love this. When Cincinnati travels more than 1,500 miles, George, they are 10-0. Got to love it. It's hard to be 10-0. It is. And Vegas, by the way, is 1-6 versus Cincinnati their last seven, which is kind of a misleading stat because who knows how many times they've played in the last 10, 12, 15 years. Anyway, the numbers seem to work towards Cincinnati. You mentioned it, Las Vegas. They might have finally reached the end of that rope, and they don't have anything left in the tank. They did what they could do. They've played hard. Uh, Carr has done everything it could. I think that guy is an amazing leader. But I'm going to go ahead and lay the point. Home dogs have been doing very poorly this year. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the point with Cincinnati and we'll see how things work out. On to another late game and this one has got everybody in a Twitter. Dallas at Kansas City. Kansas City plays their best game of the year against the Raiders and now Dallas bounces back with a blowout win against Atlanta. Everybody's talking the Super Bowl, bright lights, everything's <laughs> wonderful, George. Minus two and a half. What are you thinking? Which blowout win? Carries over. Mm. Clearly, both of them can't, right? Dallas obviously played a suspect team in Atlanta. We all thought the Raiders had it going on, right? Is Mahomes really back? Is he back to what we thought? I know this. I suspect it will be a shootout. I say a one-possession game. Give me the two-and-a-half Dallas. All right, George, you know I love those short road dogs. They are 16-7 and seven this year. And Zach, uh, Dak Prescott, 15-9 as a dog. How about also when a team blows somebody out by 20 points or more, they come back the next week and they're actually a dog? Those teams in the last two years are 17-8. and eight. Dallas is 8-2 and two covering the spread this year. NFC versus the AFC is 30-19. and 19. There are a lot of factors to me that are in Dallas's favor. So I'm going to join you. And I'm going to take that short road dog and say that I think Dallas is the better team. And I liked your point about which one was more impressive. One win for Kansas City. I think it might have been just a, a little bit of a blip on the radar. They're 6-1-1. One, one, 3-6-1, by the way, going into pre-buy. And they're 1-11 at home their last 12. Arizona at Seattle, George. It opened up Seattle minus 1. And now it quickly flipped after that disgusting performance in Green Bay to Seattle plus Two and a half. Now, here's my thinking. We don't even know if Murray's coming back. They think he is, but we're not sure. We don't know about uh, Hopkins, if he's coming back. Arizona going into the bye is 2-7. and seven. In November, they're only 2-9. and nine. This tells me this is a team that usually starts off pretty hot, gets things going, and then just kind of falls apart. Right now, the money is 65% of the money is on Seattle with only 45% of the bets. And we know that... Um, Wilson has that way of getting his team rallied up and moving along, and I think this is a good spot for Seattle, taking the points at home against an Arizona team. What do you got? Obviously, if Kyler is back, that changes the dynamic because in another newsflash, 
The kid's pretty damn good. Um, here's my thing. The Cards know they get a chance for a knockout blow. They get up to the Pac Northwest, get it done, and get back on the plane with a W. Seattle's not winning the NFC West. I don't know if it's going to happen. Obviously, Russ last week was not the Russ we had all come to know and love. I assume he's better than last week, but I'm still going to lay the two and a half with the cards. All right. Let's go to prime. Prime time. Prime time. And a weird game, I find. Pittsburgh going to the L.A. Chargers. This is your Sunday night game. It opened at three and a half. Then it went to four and a half. Then it went to five and a half. Then it went to six. We call this a steam game, George. They kept moving the line, and the Sharps just kept betting it. Why do they keep betting it? Because nobody knows if Big Ben is going to play. With all that uncertainty, it's now six points is what you can get if you like Pittsburgh. Who do you like? If I knew Ben was going to play, I would take the points. (laughs) But I don't know if Ben's going to play, and that scares me. G-Dub likes to talk about trust. I don't have a lot of trust in the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben. (laughs) Sorry, Bobby. (laughs) So I would have to lay the points unless Ben called me up and said, Hey, big fella, I'm in! In which case I would rush to Del Lago and try to put my money in. All right. But I don't think Ben's calling me. I don't think Ben's calling you. The Chargers are 1-9 against the AFC North. To me, they've been a rather disappointment. And I got to just go ahead and say I'm taking the prime dogs. They are 21-9. I'll take those six points, and I'll see what happens. Give me Pittsburgh, and just hopefully what's going to be an ugly, ugly Tomlin, muck it up. He's a great dog coach. Muck that game up. U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. Leave me alone. Giants getting now down to 11. I've even heard 10.5 at some markets. It opened at 12.5, and and it's all the way down to 10.5. Man, the Sharps love the dogs, and they love the Giants. And this uh, Giant team is 17-4 as a double-digit dog. They're getting 61% of the money, 35% of the bets. This one's easy for me. Give me the Giants. Give me Danny Dimes. Tampa Bay, 1-7-1 versus the Giants. I'm back in Danny Dimes to do just enough. Tampa Bay's D is struggling. As long as I'm getting ten and a half, good by me. Book it. G-Men. All right. I just want to bring up one thing as we get toward the holiday season. Let's talk about money management. We've talked about it all year. You got to play straight bets. You got to play it straight. Go ahead and hit some of your parlays. Have some fun with it. But let's talk about as we get to the holiday season. You know what's better than a really good bet? Presents under the Christmas tree and a Thanksgiving meal, it doesn't come in a box. So make sure that you're being smart about your money. Don't get carried away. There's never a bet that's a sure thing. There's never a parlay that's going to hit. Make sure that the money you're putting out there is your entertainment dollars. It's your it's your fun money. Don't get crazy. Sometimes we get a little... Um, we start thinking we can do things that we probably shouldn't be doing during the holiday seasons. So enjoy your holidays. Enjoy your family. Throw down a couple bets as long as you've got some extra money to spend, but don't spend money you don't have. Discretionary income is the key. There you go. All right, so let's talk about our straight bets, Georgie. What do you got? Let's go straight up. 
I'm going to take the G-Men plus 10 and a half, 11, wherever I can get it Look at. Look at you taking I'm gonna big take the points. Good for big you, dog. Georgie. Right? Conversely, I'm going the exact other way. I'm going to lay the big <laughs> points, Tennessee Titans. So I'm going both ends of the spectrum. I can't be wrong on both sides. That a boy. I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints plus the two. And I can't believe I'm taking them as a straight bet for my best bets. But give me the fish. Minus the three and a half. If the Sharps don't want the hook, then neither do I. 17-13. You heard it here first. That's your final. All right, Georgie, what do you got for your teaser? Two-team teaser. I'm teasing Buffalo down to minus one. I'm saying Buffalo wins the game, so minus one don't scare me at all. Jumping on tables when we're done. Combining that. New Orleans, I'm going to bump it up. From one and a half, add six to it, seven and a half, gets me through three, gets me through seven. Give me the Saints in the, I don't call it, you know, undecided game. I just decided. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take Jacksonville all the way up to 12 and a half. It's kind of a scary proposition, but it gets us through seven and ten. And I just don't believe San Francisco, long trip, early game. I just don't believe that they are who they say they are. Seattle, I'm going to take them up to 8.5. And, and again, I like them as a home team. They play extremely well against a good defensive team, which Arizona actually fits that bill. So give me Seattle at home, where maybe that's one of the few places left where home field advantage means a little something. So that's a wrap on the show. Next week, we're going to come out on Wednesday, because it's Thanksgiving, baby, turkey, gravy, all the fixes. We're going to have that show out on Wednesday, so you know what to do on Thursday, George. Any closing thoughts? Check it and see. Have a great turkey day. We'll see you on the flip.